0: What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Dylan, and I'm coming to you with a word from our sponsors betonline.ag ever since we joined the Believe Podcast Network BetOnline has been our staple sponsor and I'm just here to tell you that our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports odds. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development including this year's NBA Finals and the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news and even next season's early NFL futures. Just head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use our promo code Believe. That is capital letters B L E A V to get the bonus and to get into action. Bet online where the game starts. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunsinger at Thunder Chats. We're part of the Believe Network, and I'm joined by two lovely gentlemen for the second time tonight, uh, Alex Roig and Maddie Moles. Fellas, how are we doing right now? A
1: little bit tired. I just did two hours of podcasting. (laughs) But I
2: love you guys, so I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, I'm I'm lit. Like we, this is what we wanted. You know, this is the the joy of having that second pick in the lottery and what that could mean—not just on lottery night, but also moving forward. So, let's get into it, boys.
0: Having two All picks right. in the lottery.
2: Yeah, that second pick, the Clippers pick. That's what I mean. That yeah. that second one.
0: Yeah. So I mean. The big news that dropped today, and the main reason we're here like, you could even call this an emergency pod if you wanted to. Um, we, we, we didn't have one of those in a while. I think the what was the last emergency pod when we traded Chris Paul? I think
2: so. Yeah. So. Um, or Al Horford. Did we do that? That was kind of a weird one, right? The Al Horford, Campbell Walker deal. Wasn't that done quickly? Let's I'm just say It has been a while. It's been a little <laughs> bit. It's been over a year. So, um,
0: so today, Jonathan Gavoni v. released an article. Um, and it was basically, uh, he did this for the Spurs as well, but his dream fits, dream scenario um, for the Oklahoma City Thunder in this draft if they were to keep all their picks. Now, in talking about Chet at pick number two, he did pick Chet at pick number two. Um, he's doubling down on the fact that Jabari is going to go number one. And he said if the Magic will have to go with Jabari Smith at number one, as expected, that means the Thunder will see what we consider to be the draft's best prospect fall into their laps in Holmgren. So before we move on, fellas, I mean, you have any thoughts about this? I mean, do you are, are you guys starting to sway from – you know Jabari at one being a smokescreen, or are you you know still holding firm? Like I'll believe it when I see it.
1: It just it just still worries me. You know I I I have to guard my heart. You know because I, I am at this point kind of you know kind of set to the fact that we are going to get homegrown, and you know just imagining his you know, his fit on this team and, you know, kind of excites me. And if, you know, Silver comes up to the podium on Thursday, June 23rd and said, the Orlando Magic pick, Chet Holmgren, I'm going to be like, I almost feel like I'm going to be a little bit devastated and a little bit resentful towards, like, Jabari Smith Jr. or Paolo Bancaro, whoever we pick a little bit, you know. So, yeah, I, I do, I do think, I do guard myself, but I do think that there is a whole bunch of smoke, you know, from mainly almost everybody in the media. And so whenever that happens, I'm thinking that, you know, even family members are getting in, you know involved as far as talking to media and talking to people behind, you know, kind of unnamed sources type thing. Um, and so I, I do think that Jabari to Orlando is kind of a, a done deal almost.
2: I, so I had Chet on my board at number one, you know, as long as we've been doing this thing and I, a lot of experts are saying, you know, Chet's number one on their board. I think when push comes to shove, Orlando's going to take Chet. I haven't wavered from that. That's been my, that's, that's been, I mean, that's just, I feel that in my gut and whatever that means. Um, my non six pack gut, um, I, I think that I think they go Chet. I think they don't go against the grain. Everybody does think that it's going to be Jabari. I mean, literally everyone's saying it's going to be him. I don't really know anybody that has firmly come out and planted their flag on Chet's going one um, uh, island yet, except for me. Like I feel that way. <laughs> um, I have no no tie in. And then. I strongly feel like if Chet goes number one, that Presty will trade down from two. I just I I feel that. And I also feel like Ivy's probably gonna go three. Like mm-hmm. as we sit today, how I see it playing out is Orlando takes Chet at one. Presty calls an audible. He's like, okay, like I'd be happy with, you know, any one of the last three guys now. They're all on the same tier. And I'll move down with the Kings. The Kings can move up and get Jabari. We'll get additional assets. um, And I'll be happy with, you know, Ivy or, um, or Paolo at four. And then um, I, I really do think that the, uh, the Pistons might make a move up with the Rockets and the Rockets will strongly consider Ivy um, to pair him with green in the backcourt. So there, there are a lot of options there. We could end up trading down to four. We could still get Paolo Bancaro at four and pick up an additional asset for the women Yama sweepstakes and off to the races we go. So not all will be lost if our number one player is off the board before we pick. Uh, Presty, you know, he he sees all the timelines. And so I think he's got other contingency plans in line. And I think that's what would happen as we oh, sit yeah. today. That's where Definitely. I am today
1: definitely i I would love to see i would love to be in in the thunder's like current war room and see like all the scenarios kind of played out like if this happens this is the this is the path we'll chart If this happens the path we'll chart um yeah i would i would love to be a fly on that wall and maddie everybody has a six-pack just some of us have more in front of it
2: (laughs) we got a little packaging around it that's all It's concealed. Insulation, a little insulation.
0: Yeah, so, you know, you talk about, like, front – or not front offices, but the media guys all saying that Jabari is going to be number one, and that kind of leads you to believe that that's not true. But um, it's not just the media. It's Vegas. Vegas betting odds has Jabari, the overwhelming favorite, the latest odds as of June 13th, uh, minus 699 for Jabari in comparison to plus 280 for Chet Holmgren. Now – I don't understand gambling and betting, like what that really means. But I know that when you're, when you when you're in the negative, it, it
2: means it's more like what happened. So, um,
1: Maddie, you're you're more of a gambler, correct? Yeah. <laughs> so what does
2: that uh, mean? That was that was a kind way to put it. So you said you said uh, Chet's at two eighty. Chet is plus at 280? plus two eighty. Jabari's at so that means that 96. it's bet hundred, bet hundred to win, and on the plus side, it's you know so if you bet a hundred. You would win two eighty back, uh, counting your hundreds. So you've, you know, um, so y- yeah, you, that that's obviously like more lucrative if you hit the things that are on the plus side. On the mm-hmm. negative side, it's a pretty that that's a pretty overwhelming uh, amount, uh, or uh, that's a significant odds in favor of Jabari. There, you're you're betting a lot to not win. You know, even you you won't double your money back with that kind of a bet type of situation. Um, One thing to keep in mind is that Vegas does tend to alter those lines based on the dollars that are coming in to minimize their downside a little bit. So the public could be hearing all these things and they could be betting heavily on one side. So Yes, that's true. The, the key factor for that is to see where the sharp money is, where the big money is coming from. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that tends to happen at the, the last hour um, before things have a chance to start shifting and the narratives get out there. So um, I, I'll be really interested to see if that comes uh, down a little bit, say come you know, June 21st. Damn,
1: you you went into degenerate territory right there. That's the Yeah, I was about it. to say, our resident
0: yeah. degenerate with the breakdown. <laughs> with um, the shark talk. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I'm just going to go different, and I'm just going to say I think the Magic do take Jabari just because, like – You're so different. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, different from you guys, not in my consensus. Um, I, I don't know. I think uh, – In, like, reviewing this draft and, like, dissecting all the rumors, I think that we do just – it becomes a little paralysis by analysis. Like, you could just be overthinking it. And, like, the Magic just really could like Jabari and his fit and his upside and want to bring him in, think he's a safer pick than Chet. Um, And they might think that they're closer to, you know, pushing for a playing spot than, you know, the national media and basketball fans all, all think they are. So, you know maybe you want to go with somebody that they believe is has a little bit higher of a floor so uh yeah i'm gonna stay with jabari at pick number one at least for now
3: incurring debt is one of the staples of adulthood believe me i know you know from the start of you know going to college moving out of your house starting your own family um all that leads to incurring debt um and paying down debt can be very stressful, you know, because basically everything has to go right. You have to find other forms of income, other flows of income uh, to try to go ahead and, and, and bring that down. Um, and it's very difficult to do. You know, you, you sometimes you start to juggle multiple credit cards, multiple payment dates, um, and it can be very arduous. Uh, but if you're tired of juggling due dates, consolidating with a personal loan could be your answer. Uh, that way, you'll have one just one due date a month, and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you, uh, so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval, so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free. It won't affect your credit scores and you could save money in the process. Are you ready to apply? Head over to creditkarma.com slash offers to see personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash offers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today.
0: But also in this Gavoni article, and when I say this set Thunder Twitter on fire, like it's it's still burning. Like there's ashes everywhere. So um at pick 12. No water. Yeah, at pick 12 he picked and Sharp. And Shaden Sharp is a guy that I've asked all of our draft guests like the past couple weeks, like, is there a shot this guy falls to 12? Like, based on all the negative butts. And some are like, yeah, like, there's legitimately a chance. And some are like, no, I think a team's going to buy in on the upside. But despite where he falls in the draft, this is what we picked up from it. So, he's conducting competitive 3 and 3 workouts. Um, The team's in the top ten. uh you know, there's teams that might pick him in the top ten, but there's a chance he could fall. But Gavoni believes that his floor is likely to 12 at the Thunder. And the note that he had on here, uh, he said, with his floor likely being the spot for the Thunder, who will be getting a visit. So, Shaden Sharp will be visiting the Thunder. That's huge. Like we've talked about – I think me and Alex talked about in our last five, like getting him in the room, getting a feel for him. Uh, asking how many ping pong balls could fit in a school bus, like Sam Presti does, like I, I think that's going to be huge going towards if like he becomes a real target. Um, but and also have studied him more closely than any team in the NBA. And the reason this stands out with me, and I put this on Twitter um, after the draft, we found out that the Thunder went through a rigorous process to scout josh Getty in australia uh, i think uh jake fisher said that they quarantined for two weeks in order just to like be able to get in australia and like watch the games um also the private workout like so the thunder the thunder went above and beyond to scout for josh Getty and he ultimately ended up being the pick um now that's not to say that you know the thunder putting in all this work and like that just means they're going to take shade and sharp but I think that it uh, it is interesting and it does lean that way and the last point that I want to bring up in this is Gavoni says sharps camp doesn't sound overly concerned about where he's picked something that I've been saying all year and everybody's like oh he's no concern about where he's picked like that's that's what people have been saying or that's what his team and sharp has been saying so yeah I, I accept your apology everybody but Uh, preferring to take a long-term view and steering him to an advantageous development situation in which he can maximize his significant potential and become an all-star and this is the kicker this is the line this was the gas this was the lighter this was everything that set thunder twitter on fire today with the thunder being at the top of their list alex how do you feel about the stuff that I just read about Shade and Sharp?
1: So, always a pessimist. Um, And so, like, when I hear stuff like that, I want to get excited. Um, But also, as a handler, as somebody that puts stuff out for my client, for my, you know, my prospect, the team that, sounds like they would be willing to jump up um the team that sounds like they would be willing to get me possibly higher than any other team I would go ahead and kind of gas them up also and I'm not talking about the number two pick I'm believe me, mm-hmm. I'm not but you know if if you have experts that are saying he could possibly his floor is 12 and he could possibly fall to 11 or 12 that area um maybe they want to gas the Thunder up to maybe pick them, you know, make a move and pick them at seven or make a move and pick them at eight or, or wherever. Um, And so I could definitely see some, some, some working on, on Shaden's part as far as his management Um, because of that, again, my pessimistic view, Mm -hmm. if he falls to 12, you know, as a lot of the, uh, a lot of the no ceiling collective, like to say you run to the podium and you say hey Shane Sharp let's go yeah um, so you know I, I worry i don't not worry but looking at the draft board i just i don't think he falls past you know possibly new york possibly maybe even a team that you know they are you know like new orleans new orleans can take a swing on somebody like shane sharp because they literally have an all-star coming into their team that's kind of, it's going to be like a free agent in Zion William, uh, Williamson. Um, and so, you know, you can, you have him come in, you were a playoff team last year. Um, and so what better way to maybe solidify the future of your team than by, you know, grabbing somebody with such high upside and possibly in two or three years, you have a superstar on your hand in the backcourt along with your superstar in the frontcourt. And right there, you're you're contending for champions. You know, like maybe like a like the Kobe to to Zion Shaq. You know, so I
2: don't know. Yep. What about you, Moles? What you think, man? So uh, you know more about him probably than most people. Can you talk to us about Dwayne Washington? A yeah, little bit.
0: It's just weird, man. Like because like a lot of people have brought up before. Dwayne Washington was serving the same role that he's serving with Shaden Sharp as he did with Shea Gibbs Alexander, mm-hmm. and everything with Shay was was chalk. Like I mean, it was normal. Like I mean, he played the season, he improved throughout the year, he went through workouts, did the interviews. I, I think the the only like negative thing that happened was I think he refused to work out for Cleveland or something like that, if I'm recalling correctly. And, but I mean, you know, he was drafted as a lottery pick and he's never had a bad thing said about him, like as a person or, you know, anything like that. So like this whole saga that we've had with shade and sharp and, um, the inconsistency and just straight up the dishonesty, um, and the lack of, uh, transparency, like it's, it's weird. Like it, it, like just straight up, it's weird. Um, I, I do hear what Alex is saying about, you know, Washington, uh, you know, leaking this info. So a team like the Thunder who are confirmed by Jake Fisher and I think a couple other people uh, to, about wanting to try to trade up from 12, like actively seeking trade partners to go up from 12. Um, I think it does make sense for that. But at the same time, like it's not out of the question just to think that it's true like you know i mean Mm. you think about the thunder and you know the development that they've boasted like not even just in the dagnall regime but like over the years like you know they developed russell westbrook into the player that he is today like they helped develop kevin Durant, they helped develop james harden like the the list goes on and on and on and you know i mean it's minuscule like in in the uh in terms of team building. But from what I understand, he does have a relationship with Shay. Like they share the same handwork. They're both Canadian. They both went to Kentucky. They both have uh, Shay as a shortened version of their first name. Like there's, there's so many, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many connections there. So, I mean, I don't know, like speaking to uh, like, I think it was sub that I, that I said this to, like, I'll say this once. I'll, I'll say it every time somebody asks me, Absolutely nothing will shock me when it comes to Shade and Sharp because nothing goes normal when it comes to Shade and Sharp. So,
2: yeah, and I asked about I asked about Washington because um, because of that relationship with Shay, mm-hmm. and what that article made it sound like was that maybe OKC has had access to Shade on that nobody else has had. Yeah. And part of that could be through how we've treated Shay. I mean, we've, we gave him the bag max extension face of our franchise. Um, uh, maybe we created a really positive environment for not just Shay, but also people in Shay's circle. And some, some of that might, there might be some reciprocity there, a relationship thing. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, building a relationship with people before the position, before the player, right? Um, That's something that Presti has basically preached uh, all off season, and maybe we're able to see a different perspective from from Shaden and from his circle that other teams just aren't able to see. Maybe the Spurs aren't getting that type of access. Maybe New Orleans. Maybe you know, Washington, you know, teams like that aren't. And we've heard I've devoured every bit of content I can get my hands on. A lot of the common denominator has been is, is sharp going to go in the top 10, you know, talking to some execs. And it's like, yeah, but it, it won't be us. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you get enough of those guys in there. Eventually like dude falls out of the top 10 But it won't be us. Maybe it's because they're not getting access to all the medicals. Maybe they're not getting, you know, workout with him. And maybe, you know, his people are are making it difficult to do some of that due diligence on a guy, you know, that a team's going to have to feel really confident in taking that swing. I mean, yeah, swing's a swing. But this is a guy that we don't have a lot of film on. We certainly don't have any recent film on. And so you got to feel really confident. I mean, that's kind of your job,
3: mm-hmm. right?
2: You can't take a swing on a guy like him in the lottery and him not be interested, not want to be there. And you, you feel a certain type of way about the vibe with him. Maybe it's intentional so he can get to OKC. So he can play with Shay, so they can create something because he knows what type of environment that's going to be. He knows how the development of players is. For us, I mean, I do you know of another like he cultures a thing, right? They are able to put guys in the G League, get guys from the G League, and and those guys just come out and ball. Like that's maybe the exception. I don't know another team that utilizes the G League quite like OKC does mm-hmm. for development. Yeah, no. we're so development focused, and that's exactly what sh- what Sharp needs, and I I feel like his club knows that because. That's going to put him in the best position, not just for this contract, this contract's pennies. It's to get, like, in comparison, it's to get that second contract at a max contract level. That's the goal for all of these guys. And maybe his handlers are like, look, OKC is the best path to get there.
1: And I think another thing, so one of the things that, like, uh, you
2: know, Derek Murray,
1: He's a guy that's you know showed up on a lot of Thunder podcasts and you know he's had some history with the Thunder as far as in their front office and things like that. And one of the biggest things that he talked about was the fact that you know the Thunder, probably not just the Thunder, but you know more specifically the Thunder and his experience, they keep tabs on people years before they're draft eligible. You know, two, three, four years before they're draft eligible. Um, and one of the things that Thunder the Thunder like to do. Is they like to they like to draft people who they have experience with? So what I mean by that is somebody like Tao Maladon, you know, Tony Parker, Sam Presti. They have a relationship in the San Antonio days. Tony Parker owns the team that Tao Maladon played for in France, um, which probably gave Sam a little bit extra access, a little bit more access, a little bit more information about Teo Maladon, and so it made you know it made. Presti may be a little bit more comfortable in knowing who Maladon was and drafting him. And so when it comes to putting your due diligence, you know, doing your due diligence to draft a guy, you know, I'm pretty sure the Thunder have known who Shaden Sharp is for at least two or three years. And having that connection, albeit however strong it is with SGA and Sharp through their handler, pretty sure the Thunder have, had sharp on their radar and so coming into this draft I'm pretty sure seeing that at the beginning of this draft process he was so high and since then he's kind of tumbled a little bit and so their opportunity to grab him it's there and you know Dwayne Washington's maybe comfort level with the thunder in dealing with Shay and dealing with you know that you know that type of player I'm pretty sure it's been a a mutual thing between the two parties. Um, And so I I think the Thunder would be extremely comfortable drafting Sharp. And I do think that they would, you know, they would do it even moving up. Um, It depends what the price is, of course, but, you know, I'm pretty sure they would do it. Now the question is, does the price tag now go up if a team thinks that the Thunder really, really, really want Sharp and they're going to go and try to squeeze as much juice from that, you know, from that proverbial fruit as they can to try to get them to jump up to their spot.
2: Let me ask you what, what's the difference? If, if they're yeah. leveraging it, like what, what, what is, what additional compensation would that entail? Oh,
1: I mean, it's probably an extra draft paper or, or two.
2: Like a, like a Denver First yeah, like a Denver pick. No, yeah, you're not you're not giving up
1: like you know a, a Clippers 26 pick or anything like that.
2: This is like one of the reasons why it's so brilliant to stockpile all those assets, right? Mm-hmm. Like if something gets out that there's a player you want, and somebody does try to turn the screws on you, all right, bet you can have an additional draft pick. You know, like it doesn't hurt. Here me you much. go. and and but we're getting our guy a guy that we've had selected that we're like hey this could be a franchise changer for us and we still have enough picks to go acquire a star later like a proven nba star later like that's that's when people say oh well what do you need more draft picks for this is what you need more draft picks for Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) this answers that question
0: yeah let me ask y'all this so Let's say Sharp falls to 10. Like, uh, we just did a mock draft uh, type thing with no ceilings and Sharp. And he may or may not be
2: available at.
0: at, No, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I wasn't trying to tease it. I was just saying in this scenario. So, like, he fell to 11 there and they took him to the next. And for all the reasons I understand, like, there's a Kentucky pipeline there with World Wide West. Uh, I mean, He's, he's got star potential. It's been forever since New York's got a star. understand all that. Let's say it gets to pick 10. Sharps on the board. He's the guy Presti has decided that he wants over anybody else on the board. Would you guys give – first uh, – okay, I- I'll present the package. I want you guys to tell me if Wizards do it and if you think it's too much. So, twelve thirty, and the Wizards get their pick back that we have – Next year, I think top. I think it's watery protected um, for twenty three. So twelve thirty, and then they get their pick back for next year.
1: Twelve thirty. Can I counter with twelve thirty, Missage?
0: You can, but like so,
1: so. So here's the thing to the Wizards. Their pick back is extremely valuable because it opens up their asset chest to be able to trade first rounders after after this year. You know they so they would pick what they would pick twelve. Um, they can trade twenty three. They can trade twenty five. They can trade twenty seven. And so if you're talking about you know having assets to possibly put a player around Bradley Beal to appease him to keep him in town. Um that I think that's a great trade. Um I would do it.
0: Yeah. I mean th- that's what I'm saying like the like you counter 1230 in Mitch it's like I I think that I mean I obviously right. they like to I'm, I'm, if I'm
1: giving you back if I'm giving you back 23, I'm keeping 30.
0: That's fine. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. I think that's fine. I mean, and honestly, if you wanted to just still give them Mitchich, like, I mean, yeah. I I don't think we're going to have anything else to do with them. So, I mean, you give them 12 Mitchich and they're picking, you know, next year, which is lottery protected anyways. So like we can't mm-hmm. even get to 14 with the chance to like the very small percent chance to jump into in the top four. So like, it's kind of useless to us anyways. So that's kind of why I think that they're a likely trade partner, even if Sharp isn't the target. But you know we're talking about Sharp, so uh, Mulza, you, you was about to say something?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, twelve and their pick back is a good package. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't just so Mitchich in there. I think we could do thirty and Mitchich for twenty six from the Mavericks, especially if Brunson goes elsewhere, like. Yeah, Mitch, still would have value elsewhere. Uh, I think there, there'd be a tie there between Mitch and Doncic, and all over Dallas. So um, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. I also think if the Spurs want to compete, I think that doing a package from 12 uh, with Mitchich up to get to nine, like that, that yeah. has value too. That's workable. So like, I, I think that teams wanting to compete, that already have ties into international players and pipelines. Like I think Mitch, actually carries a bunch of value there. So while he's just a throw into us, other teams, I think will see him differently. Dallas Mavericks feeling itchy. (laughs) I like it.
0: Had to throw one out there for you. Um,
1: Let me, let me ask you guys something. This is something that I put on, on my timeline. Um, so OG Ananobi is rumored to be available um, from the Toronto Raptors. So my thing is, my pitch is that he's only 24. He's proven already to be a 16-game six, player, meaning that he's been in the playoffs, he's performed well in the playoffs, he's won a championship. Um, he fits the timeline for us. He fits the timeline for Shea. And he would be uh, I believe, an excellent complementary piece around Shay, Giddy, whoever we draft at to, as that big wing um, out there. So, and I know it sounds like a compete now type move. It raises our, our it definitely raises our floor a ton, but he's 24. He has two years left on his deal, a third, a third year with a player option. Um, he's making what, 16, 17 million, I think, or 17 and 18, something like that over the next two seasons. Um, do you think there's any possibility that the Thunder jump into the fray uh, for Ananobi?
2: What does the fray look like? Because it starts with seven for Portland.
1: Yeah, it does. It starts with seven for Portland. Um, You know, but again, you have a treasure trove of assets.
2: Is it 12 and Dort?
1: That's what I put out there. I put 12, Dort, and possibly like a, a pretty good first coming up in the future, whether it's like a 24 Houston, whether it's a 26 Clippers, whatever. Maybe it's even a 25 OKC. Uh, You know, with some protection on it. Um, But you know, I I just think Ananobi is the type of player that, when we start to compete, you'll definitely want to get that type of player in in town. Um, So I don't know. What what do you guys think? You think it's too? You think it's a push the button type move where it's too soon for that? Um, Or do you think that this is something that, hey, if you're if you're gonna go ahead and start competing? This is the type of player that you want, and like you can't put all your you can't like in my opinion you can't put all your eggs in the Wembyama basket. That's way too little percentage, I think, because none of so none of your other picks are going to be in the lottery next year, other than yours possibly. Um, and so the percentage for this you is to be get a lottery.
0: Let's be real.
1: <laughs> well, no, no, no. I get that. No, no, I get that. But I mean. If you want to start, not necessarily competing, but if you want to start showing these this, this crew how to win, you need veterans, you need guys like that. And so I just think he's the ultimate veteran to help this team.
0: I'll just say that I don't know if it's enough, man. Like, I don't remember awesome. who it was I was listening to. I feel like it might have been Jake Fisher. Don't quote me on that. No, it wasn't Jake Fisher. I don't know. It it was somebody, it might have been Derek Murray, might have been Matt Babcock, like it, it it was one of those types of guys. But they was talking about the whole OGN and Obi thing, and they brought up the idea of okay, no, no, no. I remember who it was. It was Nate Duncan who was on uh, game theory with Sam Bassini, and they were talking about the Northwest Division. They was talking about the Trailblazers, and they was like, Do you think I think Sam proposed the question like would you trade seven for OG? And he's like, "Like I would, but if I'm the Raptors, that's not enough for me." And so, okay. if you if you flip it the opposite way, do you think twelve and Dort is enough to get you to seven?
2: I think that's easily um, enough to get us to seven. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Hmm. Easily. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know. If, like, it's. it's Obviously, like we've talked about this before with a lot of our players, like we're obviously going to overvalue like our guys um, compared to where the league sees them. And like, you know, there's been other guys on national podcasts that have said like Dort's not a starter for every team. Dort, you know, start for a handful, maybe half of them, maybe more than half of them, but he's not a starter for every NBA team. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I question if that's enough to get to seven.
1: I don't know. I I, I don't know. And, and I, you look, if if the, if the Raptors are going to trade Ananobi, they're gonna want a player of at least com- comparable ilk to you know to kind of take a, you know take Ananobi's place. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know if Dort is that guy. Um, I don't know Kenrich is that guy. I don't know if we have that guy on our roster currently. Mm-hmm. Outside, they, of, outside of Gideon Shea, which we're not going to trade them. Can um, they some, so, say
2: something like Simons going back to them for Ananobi? I'm trying to remember. Anthony? Yeah.
1: I mean, it kind of makes sense because if Anthony's coming up on a huge extension, then you probably want to go ahead and kind of get rid of him for something that would really complement um, Dane. that makes
0: sense. Yeah, I just – honestly, man, like, if OG's really on the open market, I think that there's better offers from other teams. Like – Possibly. Like, Portland might be up there. Like, you know, if they offered seven and Simons, like, yeah, that's definitely, like, take that and run. But in terms of the Thunder, like, you know, I don't know how much the Raptors value, like, picks. Like, you know, they're very much, like, trying to be competitive at this point. And – Dort's kind of our best trade chip. And if Dort isn't moving the needle, I don't I don't think you can move it anymore.
2: <laughs> well, like the Pacers probably want to compete. Like with a what a TJ Warren type of situation if they do like a sign in trade and throw six. Like that I mean, probably
1: haven't TJ Warren not played in like a year
0: and a half. Probably take Duarte
2: know. too. In Duarte? If I like, wanted to get I, him package all that I think that works gets them into six maybe they get a player especially if Keegan Murray goes off the pick before them to Detroit like I don't know I, I I'd be shocked if the Pacers stay put as we sit today too so like they're probably going to be in the three because they want to make the playoffs I mean riddle what? of this the Kings could make a move man Ooh. yeah four might be a little rich for OG, um, it may be four for OG plus.
1: I mean, it may be too rich, but to Sacramento, who wants to make the playoffs, like OG's at this moment, OG is a better player than anybody they grab at four for like, a playoff run.
2: We'd be looking at Fox Mitchell, OG, Harrison Barnes, Sabonis. small ball fault four, and Sabonis at the five. It's not Seven. a bad lineup got Rashawn Holmes, got Dante DiVincenzo. It's not a yeah. bad
1: lineup.
0: Yeah, I mean, the West is going to be tough. And, like, even the Kings making the play-in with, like, that roster is, is still going to be, like, a tall order. But, like, it definitely pushes you more in that direction than, you know, the back the side of it. And, you know. I mean, this is an organization that has, you know, stood pat and saying that they want to win, they want to be a competitive team, they don't want to go into the tank. So, you know, that I think that's a move that makes sense if that's something they wanted to do. But, uh, guys, I mean, I said we record for thirty minutes. It's been forty. Uh, you guys got anything else to get oh, wow. off your chest? Holy crap, that's
2: been a fast forty minutes. Um, <laughs> I I just I'm say fine, like I'm fun, baby. I'm you say bold prediction all the time. This isn't that bold. We're not taking four rookies this year like that. We may do an undrafted guy uh, or two on the back end just to kind of see, but like I'm, I would be floored if we stay at 12. Floored. If we stay at 12, even though I know the values there, yada, yada, like, Presti's proven that he doesn't care about value. We traded 32 or we traded like 34 34 and 36 36 to move up to 32. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like the value quote unquote value wasn't there just to move up two spots. in that's in that position, but we did it uh, to get uh, Robinson Earl, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Like that was the guy we wanted. Apparently he was down to two guys. One of the guys went off the board and uh, uh Santi I believe. Yeah.
0: His name.
2: And and so we just we said, JRE, like, let's go. And I think that Presty is going to have a couple of guys in that that middle range there, between like six through, you know, 10 that he's like eyeing. And I guess like he's gonna monitor it and you know. I just don't see him waiting until it hits 12. Oh, I hope we get our guy. He's got the stuff and he's gonna be able to package things and go up and get the guy with no question. So I'd be shocked if we stay at 12.
0: Yeah, i will stay on this for a little bit. Alex, uh, you know, I asked you last week about you know your ideal player combination because that's the question I've been asking all the draft heads. Uh, another question I've been asking him is, if you were to give a bold prediction about the Thunder's draft, what would it be? Moles gave his, what what would yours be?
1: Um, you know, I mean, it, it changes changes every day. New, new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With new, new. You know, so, uh, I mean, as far as maybe not bold, but, you know, I I think the Thunder – may try to do whatever they got to do to move up into that six through eleven range you know six through eight six through nine range um, mm-hmm. and try to grab shade and sharp I think I think it's a play that makes complete sense as far as like you know you get Chet or Jabari at one um, and then you go I mean at two and then you go ahead and you know swing for the fences at whatever pick you know, and try to get somebody that has a ton of upside. Um, you've done it before with Russell Westbrook, and it came out aces. You know, they may want to go ahead and try to roll the dice again and see if this guy is, you know, the next T Mac. You know, so mm.
2: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so No so, yeah, lead know, would I, be safe for the Spurs yeah. if we got that guy.
0: I like it. Well, my bowl prediction is just going to be. Wherever we pick, whatever we have to do to move it, I think we end up with Chet Holmgren and Shaden Sharp on draft night. I think okay. we get the package, and like I said in the group chat, like I don't care if we take Barney the dinosaur and Blinky from Pac-Man at thirty and thirty-four. If you get Chet Holmgren and Shaden Sharp, that's a A plus plus draft. Yeah, definitely. But For sure.
1: don't I sleep
0: on Blinky. Yeah, the. The last thing that I want to say before we close out the pod, like, you know, no matter, you know, what news and the smoke screens are out there, the fact that two top prospects and Chet Holmgren and Shaden Sharp want to be at the Oklahoma City Thunder, want to be a part. Not saying that, you know, it's Chet's top destination because it was never reported that, but, you know. Apparently it is Sharp's top destination, but the fact that those types of prospects want to be a part of what we're building is huge for a small market for one. And for two, is just a testament of the front office, the coaching staff, the ownership, the players, the culture, and just the organization as a whole. So this tanking thing it's very annoying during the season. I get it. It's hard to root for your team to lose. It's hard to you know go through it all. But when you see stuff like this happen, it's just confirmation that it's worth it.
2: 100% agree. Uh, one more year of the tank. People got to like get it out of their heads. Oh, well, we've got the two pick. Even if we trade up to six, Oh, we got two and six. The tank's over. Well, we had two and five getting Kevin Durant and Jeff Green, and we still tanked for two more years after that. Like, just pump the brakes, kid. Like, we'll, we got one more year of the tank, and then next year is when it's going to be push the freaking button.
0: Yeah, and as high as I am on Chet and Sharp, they're both players that aren't at their apex of development. So they could actually aid in the tank this year. So, fellas, it's, it's a long night. It's 1 o'clock in the morning over here in Kentucky right now. So, I want to I appreciate you guys for sticking with me for two podcasts. And, uh, of course, appreciate the listeners for all their support in this time as we near closer and closer to draft time. The rumors are flying. It's, it's a good time. It's an exciting time to be a Thunder fan. So, hope you all have a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. I hoop today and I'm sore as strict as always. Thunder up.
2: Thunder up. Thunder
0: up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up.